0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, non-profit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So this is kind of a part two. Two, why evangelism is killing the western church now, I'm going to say that again because that sounds really crazy why evangelism is killing the western church mainstream denominations are dropping off quicker and quicker in fact I think at some point it's just going to be ex- exponential we're not showing uh, massive drops right now, but significant drops, and uh, part of the complication is well, there's several several factors let's look at the one we're looking at today so, LA, why in the world do you think evangelism is killing the western church it's crazy, it's crazy talk, evangelism is sharing the gospel with everyone you can and bringing people into the kingdom, I don't you know, I don't get it. Okay, well, so let's let's look at it step by step for just a second. And first of all, I do want to make it very clear that I believe it is an obligation if you have a relationship with Jesus to share him with everyone you can. And, and to bring people into the kingdom. I absolutely, positively believe that. One thousand percent. So, you know, is Ellie saying, oh, you need to get rid of evangelism? No, I'm saying that the way we're doing it stinks. Because, number one, no one's doing that. They're not, they're not evangelizing. It ain't happening in the numbers people really want. I have heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon of people begging and pleading and bowing and scraping and shaming and browbeating their congregations into trying to share Jesus. And it ain't happening. I mean, the studies indicate. You can look on Barna and Pew and few others, but in general, it's not really happening like we really want it to now uh, Frank Page, and I've mentioned this uh, this article before in the Dallas Morning News. Uh, He was being interviewed about because he wrote a book, I think, uh, titled uh, The Incredible Shrinking Church, where they asked him, hey, Brother Page, and Brother Page, if you don't know who Frank Page is, at least he was at the time, was the uh, chairman of the Executive Committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, which means he was, and a pastor at that, is also, but the executive committee is the high table of the SBC. I mean, pretty much for Southern Baptists. They're the ones in Nashville call the shots. So here's the thing. He said that he didn't feel like people were sharing Jesus and that they didn't understand the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Now, I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but I definitely believe that's the gist of what he had to say. You can look that up, uh, the article, if you'd like, Dallas Morning News. So here's the thing. I believe, Brother Page, is 5,000% correct. Now, interesting as it sounds, I think the two are interrelated. The two are interrelated. People don't understand the basic tenets of their faith, therefore, they don't have the confidence in what they know and, um, well, to share it with anyone. Now, does that mean, you know, they doubt their salvation? No, not necessarily. Does that mean, you know, sharing with people scares people? Well, yeah, sharing can be scary. However, comma, if you're confident, and you're trained, and you're mature, you got some roots to to, to fall back on, you know? But if you're not trained, if you don't know what you know, and why is it that you are the way you are? Well, you really can't. Articulate that to other people. Now, do you have to have a Ph.D. in theology to share Jesus? Absolutely not. But here's the thing. Mature believers who, are, who have experience and knowledge in the Word of God the more words you get, the more the spirit's got to work with. The more the spirit's got to work with, the f- stronger you are. The stronger you are, the more confident you can be. The more confident you can be, the more you can share with confidence. Because what ends up happening is is people will you know will ask questions, and sometimes they're antagonistic questions, and sometimes they're not. But if you don't know why you believe what you believe and what it is, you really you're just not sure and so people just rip you to shreds. And sometimes they do it honestly. I mean people have some people honestly have very basic questions. Now, ultimately, what people have been drawing and falling back on, when they share their their faith with somebody, is their experience. Now, that's a fantastic thing. It it really is, Look, and everyone's experience is different, and everyone's experience is fantastic with with Jesus, because Jesus has a way. You know, the God is really does have a way of of, of meeting us where we are uniquely, but here's the story you still got to get back into the scripture because if somebody says well how do you know you're saved?" well um well i just feel it well when you say stuff like that people are like well i don't know he might have had some extra strong coffee this morning maybe he just feels different So, they fall back on feelings and experience. And feeling and experience can be very unique. And because of that, people will write it off. Oh, well, he just had himself a little, you know, mountaintop experience. You know, God bless him, but that's that's him, not me, or that's her, not me. But when you get back into the Word, and you can say, you know, look in this passage... There was a, there was this jailer, you know, in Acts chapter 16. In fact, let's look at that for a second. Because, look, Paul and Silas were in jail. Which I think means, look, if you're in jail, God loves you too. Because, look, what happened was, they were celebrating in there, actually, doing a little singing. They were praying and singing hymns to God. (laughs) I love that. Um, And the prisoners were listening to them, it says. That's uh, uh, Acts uh, 16.25. Acts, one of my favorite books. I love that book. Okay, um, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prison were shaking, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were (laughs) unfastened. Okay, now this for a jailer is utter panic. And when the jailer woke up and saw that all the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. Why? Because... If you were a jailer in the Roman system back then... It would be way more um, advantageous to do it yourself than to have the Romans do it. Because basically they would just do something super dang horrifying to you. Uh, But anyway... um, now, and the verse continues. Supposing he was supposing that the prisoners had escaped, Paul cried out in a loud voice, "Do not harm yourself, for all are here." And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and he was trembling, and I'd be shaken uh, with fear as he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out, and he said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" Okay, now look, there you have it. What what do you have? You have a demonstration. Now, does that mean you got to have an earthquake every time somebody comes to Jesus? Not necessarily. Earthquakes come in all different packages. Sometimes it's just a little bitty personal thing. Sometimes it is a huge, massive thing like it was here. Everyone has their own little earthquake. But here's the thing. This guy came to the decision, Whoa, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, and he says, what, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved now here's the thing now listen to this carefully you and your household the word household there is which means more or less his people alright now why do I bring that up because the evangelistic message that we're putting out is so individual god wants you know we think and we package it like oh it's about getting you in the gates of heaven sliding you in there man just slide you right under the gates of heaven just boom boom boom, would slide you in there it's just about getting people into heaven Boom boom gotta get to get people into heaven god is not a collector God is not a collector; He is a sovereign Father. He wants a relationship. God ain't picking picking berries. Oh yeah, I, like that, I like that berry. Okay, that one saved. That one saved. That one saved. That one saved. Oh, heard a good one out of that one. Boom! had there it. God's not doing that. God wants disciples. He's not looking for converts. Because if you got a convert, you don't know what you got. Why did they convert? God is looking for disciples. That's what the Great Commission is. Go and make disciples. And a disciple is a student. That's the definition. And a student studies. And what do they study? They study the Word of God. And what do they know? Oh, the basic tenets of the Christian faith. Just like Frank Page wanted. And do you know what happens when you have disciples who study like they're blooming supposed to and they know the tenets of their faith? They share it. And they share it effectively and then other people become saved. But see... The reason I emphasize this particular section, you and your household, it's not just, hey, you'll be saved. Yep, God's going to cherry pick you. You just turn your life over to Jesus and boom, God's going to cherry pick you. Uh -uh. It was talking about him and his household. The scope of salvation goes so much further beyond just sliding our little pink selves into the... The gates of heaven. It's it's just incredulous, and the thing is, pastors are not teaching that. I don't think. In a, it, now, that's that's a pretty broad statement, but let me just say, this: there are pastors who are, but yet find someone who is, because God wants to save all of you. And everyone around you. And everyone in your family. God can bless your family through you. And literally God's salvation can come to your household. God wants more than just to to collect you. God wants to make you a disciple and, 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 and have a relationship with you. And that means he wants you to learn from him. Study from him. And when we do that, when we do that, that's when we learn that salvation is about everything we are. It's not just about sticking us into heaven. It's about, salvation starts here, starts now. Salvation flows through in everything we own, everything we do, everything we think, everything we say, everyone we know. That's what salvation is. Salvation, it spreads. That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to spread and bless. But it can't do that if all we're thinking about is, Oh man, sure, I'm glad I got my ticket punched. Oh, man, I, you know, he just barely slid me under those, those pearly gates, man. Just barely. Boy, agree, he had to grease me really good and woo right under those pearly gates just so I could get into heaven. And that's 90% of the of the sermons I hear. God is new. Get you into heaven. Get you into heaven. Get, get you into heaven. Get you into heaven. Well, Part, part of that, I, I wonder, with some preachers, I wonder, not with all preachers, but with some preachers, why? Why? Because, number one, salvation is an easy message. It is. It was designed to be that way. And number two, if you can get somebody saved, you can get them giving. And you can fill a pew and fill a coffer, so you can get the money and in the, in the and you can warm a seat and get some money. Warm the seat, get the money. Warm the seat, get the money. So then all you all your church budget is fixed up, and that means you know the pastor gets gets to, gets to retire on time. There's a lot of sloppy agape going on when it comes to how we express salvation because salvation is about everything you are everything you are but we act like it's some kind of secret code oh I got the salvation decoder ring I can get in heaven well, come on it's a relationship with the living God through his son Jesus that's blooming fantastic Fantastic. In fact, I can't even... Words fail you to describe how wild and wonderful that is. But here's the thing. If you got a pastor, and they're not teaching you the Word, and digging in there, and they're not getting into the, you know, the history and the language and the culture... Actually, there was... Uh, You know, it it amazes me how many Christian pastors absolutely dump on Judaism. Hey, I want to stick my hand in the air and say, you know Jesus was a Jew, right? You you got that, right? But uh, they absolutely act like Judaism came from Satan. And they're freaking nuts. God invented it. (laughs) Now... Here's the thing. We do believe that Jesus was the goal, and it's not that it's not that Jesus is bad. Jesus, is good. No, no, no. It's it's a, in comparison to Jesus. It's a flashlight. Light does not compare to the sun in the sky it is fantastic at what it does but it's limited in its scope because Jesus was the word in living flesh incarnate and he taught it like a Jew. <laughs> but most pastors choose to just dump on it, which I find very distressing because, actually, I don't care what kind of Ph.D. they got. That smacks of either deliberate stupidity, which means they're, they know the information and are rejecting it, which is kind of silly, or willful ignorance, which is stupid. Now, here's the thing. I'm not broad-brushing people. So if, if, if you know pastors that don't do that, God bless them. Stick with them. Support the ever-loving poo out of them. Man, just work with those people. But if you happen to be stuck in a church with some with, with one that's just rah, rah, giving you the same thing over and over, over and over. And they never study. They never learn. You never hear a new thing out of those people. Like they're just not looming studying anymore. There's some people that, you know, and unfortunately there is a disease that PhDs get. I call it PhD syndrome. And it's not just PhDs. It's doctoral syndrome, actually. And, and, and it has to do with this. It, it, when, when you get to a doctorate, a lot of times you think that you're so smart that your smarts goes into other fields. And there was a really smart guy, and he's still around, named Thomas Soa. And Thomas Sowell was with the Hoover Institute, and he wrote a book about intellectuals. And he said intellectuals got troubles when they get out of their lane. And that's what we have: is sometimes we, sometimes in past in pulpits, we got anti-intellectuals. We got people that don't want to study. And then other one, times you got pseudo-intellectuals. You got you got ones that want you to think they know all this jazz and they really don't. And believe me, I'm not pretending I do. Far from it. I can name a whole ton of people smarter than me. I just did, Thomas Subwell. He's infinitely smarter than me. But here's the thing. We have to want to you have to want to study and that's what god wants i guarantee it and if you do you'll mature and if you mature god can bless you more and you can reach more people but the more pastors keep going keep evangelism 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 doing that over and over again and not growing up anybody that knows how to share or they're just confident and strong enough in their in their faith to share the more they're going to keep doing the same dang thing over and over again in fact who was it albert einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result and believe me there you could just Check it out. Get on YouTube. Get on the Internet. Look some of these pastors up and listen to their sermons. I'm serious. I mean, you know, take them by quarter. Boom, boom, boom. And see how much repetition you got. Now, there's not anything that necessarily with repetition. but Repetition is supposed to be building on something. Not like a parrot. Because all a parrot does is parrot what it is, is repeat what it's been told. It doesn't think about it. That's the problem. So evangelism way we we're doing it ain't working. And I've mentioned several things among those is source credibility. If you got a mature Christian, by the way, you have source credibility because the, a mature Christian will live their faith and people will see it and then they'll know that's real. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you, always, to keep on speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. What is it